0: Hello, everyone. My name is Joe, and I am a grateful, compulsive overeater and 100-pounder. It's good to see so many people from so many parts of the of the country, and perhaps out of the country. Um, thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting your own abstinence and for keeping all of us abstinent. Um, oh, all right. So let's see. You know, this program teaches us that the reasons for our disease are unimportant uh and certainly that's true to the extent that knowing about what why i'm a compulsive reader won't cure me from the disease of compulsive overeating but it does help me to understand wh- a, a, a little bit why and maybe helps me avoid triggers or helps me to deal with my problems in an adult fashion aka not using food as a tool um One thing that a lot of us have in common is pushing away emotions, right? So when I was a kid, emotions were not something that we talked about, that we dealt with. Um, And food was the the universal language of all our family members. Um, I remember having, you know, sugary items before bed routinely. And, you know, know, my grandmother was kind of the person of like, you know, if you're sad, have a cookie. Kind of thing um and that kind of passed on to my mother um and um she tried to control her own eating through self-will which didn't go well uh and uh, she tried to do the same thing with me a little bit and uh, i remember that um by the time i was in middle school uh i was going to get cholesterol tests every six months because my weight was, I was never at a normal body weight. Uh, from the point in time when I could feed myself, uh, I would always uh, be overweight. And uh, I never felt enough. I always felt wrong and less than and that I was somehow subhuman or I was, I was a mistake or that I was always almost complete but never could quite be complete. And I was constantly reminded of that by my family uh, and talking about my weight. And, uh, I hated doctors by that point, because the advice they would give me was advice that I would try and just wouldn't work. I could never diet, You know, that was just something I couldn't do, but that was what was thrown in my face. And and, you know, some anger still comes up over that, but I also have compassion for the fact that they, they were not trained in, in eating disorders. That was not something that they learned how to deal with. So that's not advice they could give me. Um, and I do remember that in my childhood, there was a lot of yelling and there was a lot of emotional abuse. Um, both of my parents came from horrific childhoods with a lot of physical and emotional abuse. And there was no physical abuse, really, but there was emotional abuse. And I think I also kind of absorbed a lot of their own insecurities and in their, their feelings of inadequacy, and that like kind of impacted my life. Um, I thought I was... Um, Uh, fat and ugly basically and uh, that carried into everything i did you know but my weight continued to go up and when i got into high school my family were always on the fad diet and we went on a diet which i won't mention because it's irrelevant but we went on a diet that was quite dangerous uh or at least unhealthy let's say and i lost weight quickly and then um i felt i felt powerful i felt attractive you know And then, um, I got into my first relationship and up until that point, until I lost the weight, I did not feel attractive at all. And then I got into this relationship and, you know, it just, it didn't go well because I was just so emotionally wounded from my childhood. And, um, you know, that kind of reified these behaviors that these, these core beliefs that I was unlovable and all this kind of stuff. And so like that really ties into my body image because like with my body image, like I, you know, I was, I could not disabuse myself from this notion that if I didn't look like the men in the magazines, then, then I, I wouldn't find a partner, that I wouldn't be lovable, I wouldn't be physically attractive. And uh, it took me a long time to process through and let go of those ideas. Um, and they still come up occasionally, but they don't control me anymore. Uh, so when I got into college, uh, I was, my weight was really exploding. You know, This is a progressive illness. And uh, my weight just continued to go up. And the only thing keeping it from really getting to danger, to, 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 to the levels that I ended up getting it to when I came into this program, was the fact that I was really active because I was a theater major and we were on stage a lot. And I, then my college was on a hill. So I was walking up a hill every time I was going to classes. So I graduated from high school. I fell into a deep depression and I laid around the couch and ate all the time. This was coincidentally right around the time that the economy crashed and there was no jobs. And uh, my parents had to tell me, look, you're either going back to school or you got to get a job, but you can't just do nothing. You know. So I I went looking for work, and I finally found a job working at a library. And um, this was about – this was a year before I came into program when I was really close to my bottom. And I just – at this point, my brain had started to become um, – this disease had started to affect my brain. I couldn't think very well. I couldn't make good decisions. I had all the addict classic addict behavior. And, uh, I nearly got fired from the job and uh, I ended up being taking a demotion in order to keep my job. It was very humiliating, but it really was a wake up call because the job that I had gotten was not that complicated, but I couldn't handle this, this small, um, promotion and responsibility that I'd gotten at this job. Uh, and, um, I knew at that point that something was wrong. It was the first time I really kept an idea in my head that something was wrong. Cause I'd had moments where I realized that something about my life wasn't right, but I would go back into the oblivion of the food and forget. Um, and then I made a deal with myself cause I was so tired of fighting and trying to lose weight and eat right and exercise and, and all that stuff. And I made a deal. I said, okay, okay, God, if there's a God up there, like, uh, I'll, uh, you know, I, I, um, if, if, if my weight goes above 300 pounds, then, then I'm going to give up and it did. So I gave up, I spent four months, just, just really just binging a lot and just feeling like, just, just feeling awful, really awful. And then I said, okay, I have a problem and I need to do something about it. So I went and looked up an OA meeting. Now at this point in time, I had been to an OA meeting five years before but it was colored by the fact that my mom took me to it. So I think I saw it through that lens and I wasn't really ready to go to meetings. I'm like, who are these people in this church basement beating themselves up over food? I, I don't get why, what's going on here? You know, what, what is, well, can't these people need to lighten up. I mean, that's like how I thought of programming at the time. Cause I didn't know, I just didn't get it. You know, I didn't understand it. And this woman handed me a big book. Like the AA Big Book, and just gave it to me. I know I didn't pay for it, and I took that big book home. I didn't open it. I don't think I even read "Alcoholics Anonymous" in the title, and I put it on a shelf, and it sat there for five years, gathering dust. And when I started working program in 2012, I picked that book up, and I still have it. You know, I don't know who gave it to me, and I hope God reveals that to me one day. But certainly, I owe that woman everything. Um, so I don't worry anymore when a newcomer comes into a room and I talk to them about program about whether they stay in or not it's like we planted a seed they came in the room they listened we planted a seed and it, and after that it's up to them and their higher power um so i started working the program and i was exhausted that first year because i had been gorging myself with so many calories and that um my body didn't know how to take the calories it needed from a quote normal amount of food I didn't know what a portion was, or what an ounce was, or half a cup. Like I didn't know this stuff, but I had to know it. So I started weighing and measuring because that's the structure I needed. And I learned what a normal amount of food was. And because the obsession had been lifted slowly but surely in my program, uh, I started to eat like the same human being, and I lost over 100 pounds that first year, which is amazing physical recovery. But I was still the same guy with the same problem. You know, my problems had not gone away and then it was time to start cleaning up the wreckage of my past. Um, and that requires sitting and listening to myself and sometimes just, just sitting quietly. And I want to read something out of four today, which I read this morning, which really is apropos to what's going on with me right now. We are healed of suffering only by experiencing it to the full. Marcel Proust. When I'm hurting, I look for distraction. Go here, run there, and keep on running until there's nowhere to go. Whatever I use as an escape, whether it's hyperactivity or retreat into isolation and compulsive reading, it takes what it takes to be brought to my knees, to experience whatever it is I'm avoiding, and to turn my will over to my higher power and in an instant be free. I walk away feeling light and joyful, and I wonder why I fought so hard. Will I do the same thing next time? Possibly but each experience confirms what I have learned. My pain may last a minute, an hour, a week, or a month, but allowing myself to feel it is relief in itself and the beginning of freedom. For today, avoidance of suffering is natural, but as a compulsive overeater, I am alert to my tendency to try to escape what most people accept as part of living. I have eight years in this program, eight years of abstinence. I ordered my chip through the mail since I wasn't able to go to an in-person meeting together and uh, it arrived in the mail a little while ago, very grateful for this chip. Um, this program has brought me so many things. Uh, in fact, I had to go into another program to deal with deeper issues around uh, relationships. And I mentioned earlier uh, about um, struggling with this idea of feeling unattractive. For the first time I started dating in March and I had a wonderful experience with it. And then in August, both of my parents got diagnosed with cancer. My mother was diagnosed with a very treatable form of cancer that she's uh, currently going through her chemotherapy. My dad was given a terminal diagnosis. And, uh, he has very few months left and, uh, it's very clear now to me today, I was visiting with him today that he's a, he's as, as, um, physically healthy as he's ever going to be. And he's going to get worse and then he's going to be gone. Dealing with that absolutely has been an incredible challenge for me. This is the most I've ever been tested. And I did stop eating food that maintained my body weight and my weight has gone up more than it normally would in a month. And I'm working my way back. You know, I still eat out a little too much. Um, and considering all the stress I'm under, that's understandable. I started an exercise routine again, which it took me about five years to actually get a routine. And it took me another couple of years to really lock it in and to keep it keep it going long term. And then in August, it fell apart when I found out about my dad. So I'm working my way back to that. I'm training for a half marathon. We never thought I'd do that. Uh, of course, now it's a 6K in seven days because the Marath- L.A. Marathon was canceled because of COVID. Um, and I'm a, I'm following my dream of acting in the way I can right now, which is doing these videos on social media. It's really a lot of fun. And people are really loving it. And I'm giving back to them. I'm doing it from a place of giving joy to people as sort of a place of trying to get attention, which is a miracle to me. And I have sponsees and... Um, you know, my food is not always healthy, but it is absolute and it is sane. And, um, I could not be more grateful for that because the food is the first step. It's the symptom of a larger problem. But what this program really has given me is the freedom to live my own life and to be of service to others and to not run away from my problems anymore, you know? I still struggle with trying to stay present in certain situations that are very difficult, like visiting my mother or my father right now with everything that's going on. But I can deal with those situations. And normally I'd spend the rest of my Friday lying in bed or watching TV to, to, because I'd be exhausted and I am. Probably have bags under my eyes. Every time I visit my dad and see him with what the stuff he's going through, even though he's in good spirits, seeing him physically, it's hard. We went and got the treat today put up the tree. It's probably going to be his last Christmas. You know, that's a hard realization to have, but I still get to experience it abstinently and I'm still abstinent in this program and my other program. Um, and I even decided that I, I'd kind of taken a long enough break and I'm going to go back and start dating next month. You know, and that's another huge decision of moving forward and loving myself and putting myself out there in a different way. Um, you know, and, like everything's coming together all these things i thought i could never have because i just was just not worth it i was a, you know like a bad or person or a substandard person like none of that's true and i get to the light inside of me that was covered by the food gets to really shine brightly in the world and be of service to people i mean god you know i never thought that that would be something i could be you know if you show me the me i am now to like my 12 year old self i wouldn't have believed it you know So I'm just so incredibly grateful to have eight years in this program and to be talking to all of you tonight. And if you're new, keep coming back. Just keep coming to meetings. That's all you have to do. You don't have to worry about anything else. And then when you feel that you're ready, you get a sponsor that has what you want and you do what they did. You work the steps and the rest will be revealed to you in time. And um, we have a saying in this program, welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, welcome home. And I say that to all of you. So thank you so much for listening and uh, have a great night, everyone.